he didn't say, that's Christ's teaching, he didn't say you ought to be, might be, could be, someday, perhaps. He said you are. And on that note, the spirit and the bride say come. It's not a command, it's a statement. The spirit does his part, the bride does her part. Two passages, Proverbs 28, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Proverbs 28, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Let me thank you for the cheetah in and sweets. Uh, actually, the cheetah bed and breakfast. Thank you, Sister Leslie, for that uh, homemade sugar syrup. Give me good flashbacks. And I'm glad to be with y'all. Pray for us. Pray with us. I know you do. Concerning that and your giving, one day you'll stand before the Lord. Actually, kneel and stand. And he'll say, well done. And you're going to have to say, when did we do that? And if I'm close enough, he'll point. He said, you give it to the least of the brethren. He carried it back in the mountains and give it to the least. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So we're glad. On that note, also got a call from a friend of mine who was whose mother was a minister in a Jehovah's Witness. This is so rare. Of course, any any salvation is supernatural work of God. But Brother John Walford's mother was a minister in the Jehovah's Witness, and the Lord opened his understanding. So we made a mission trip together. He called me yesterday about it, and it's a little bit late on this next trip we're getting up. But his son's been saved and very interested in making a journey for the Lord. So pray with us about that. Um, uh, I have learned from bad experiences. Don't care too many people. Now, if we've got a compound where you can house them all and pay people to feed them, that's all right. I'm not against that. I'm just saying we don't have that. And lodging is a problem, and transportation is a nightmare. So pray with us. We do plan for another trip. And these guys, younger guys, signing on, give me a good hope. I might live to make another trip. So <laughs> pray with us. Thank you all very much. I usually just spit out that about a trip. Actually, the word mission, missions, missionary is not in the Bible. The older than you. But the ministry is there and the ministers are there. They go out from the church, supported and helped by churches. They make their journey, and they come back and report in. So that's what I said. To y'all, most of the time, it's just a running report. So we do that. One thing, one of the churches has several old people, five. One of them, sweet, sweet sister. We were both younger. When she was saved, she was a woman of the street. The Lord saved her. Now she's 80 years old and heart's not in good shape. And some of the other ones we were able through other churches happening, especially the church at Divide, Pastor Ronnie Miller, Brother David McCoo, some of y'all know. And got them a little bus van. They call it a bus, but it's a, it's a little van. And so the pastor can go by and pick up those senior citizens and bring them right to the church. Now, the terrain's like that. One fella came back, and I said, how'd it go? And he said, man, everywhere I went was uphill. That's not physically possible. 
but it seemed like to him it was. Uh, any questions? Okay, I've got to quit that or I'll be taking up Brother David Gatch's time talking about that work of the Lord. Thank you, Brother Russell, for trusting me with the ministry of the elders and brethren. All right, would you stand with me for the reading of the Word of God? Proverbs 28. I've got a double-barrel title, but I'm just going to go with pray. We can influence our land and prolong the state thereof. Pray, we can influence our land. Proverbs 28. The wicked, verse 1, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. For the transgression of a land, many are the princes thereof. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be prolonged. And that's praying women to, uh, brought that up last night, the glue that holds the family and the church in a good place is praying women. Thank you, sisters. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved, and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Thank you and be seated. The simplicity in Christ, last night in worship, this morning in the gospel, and in doctrine, in sound doctrine, usually when someone objects to Normally when we talk about doctrine, we talk about foreknowledge, election, predestination, regeneration, the new birth, Christ beginning the good work. All of these initial required initial works of God, then we start responding in faith and repentance and prayer and service and so forth. Usually when a fellow objects to that, he says, I don't believe in all that doctrine. He's lying. I call him to it. What you teach is your doctrine. What most church people do not want is sound doctrine. Teaching is fine, but this sound doctrine chokes the average church person and sometimes above average. There are many leaders and followers in our land that deliberately and on purpose violate God's law. But we can influence our land and the state thereof be prolonged. Now let me say to you by way of introduction, world politics and world deception in religion is not our problem. We're not going to stop it. Christ came into town, went into the temple, ran them out. Ministered about three years, rode into town on the unbroken coat of an ass, whipped them out of the temple again. But he didn't stop them. That's the same religious bunch of leaders that demanded the government to kill him. So listen, the old whore and her harlot daughters, she's the mother of harlots, so she's got harlot daughters. 
is not our problem. And we're not going to stop them. The kings of the earth rising up is not our problem. And it is not our answer. So I want to take a brief time this morning to tell you the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is the important thing. And that's what we can do, will do, and you have experienced this. You'll be uh, upset about the message, kind of like Brother Gatch brought to us last night. Things are not going your way, and you pressed out of your comfort zone by the Lord. Someone comes across your life needing the message of Christ, and you tell them. It just pops out like a wet watermelon seed. They go on their way, and you go back to feeling sorry for yourself. The gospel, my brother and sister, will go on. God has ordained it, and he will do that. Now, this wisdom is hidden in Jesus Christ, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. This wisdom is the glory of the Lord of glory. Excuse me, that's in 2 Corinthians. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. Don't let some religious crowd call you off to join with him to make you more complete. You complete in Jesus Christ. Live it. You say, well, I don't feel like it. I don't act like it. Repent. Be who you are, a saint, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this wisdom is revealed by the Spirit. God hath revealed the prepared things unto us by his Spirit. The prepared things are for now, not a future time, but right now in our life. Now, in our text, we pray for all men, especially those in authority. Why? That we might live a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Is it possible? Did you notice verse 3? For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So it is possible brother, for us to live in peace with all men. Now, sometimes they make it impossible. I won't tell that story. I told it over freeway and almost got in trouble. One of my neighbors threatened to whoop me three times. And, and my upbringing, third time's a charm. <laughs> Why and how is this possible? It's good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Hebrews 4, 9, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Don't take your time to turn there, I'm going on. This rest, my brothers and sisters, only in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. While this epistle was being written and then circulated, no doubt rewritten and lived in practice, saints were dying for their faith in Jesus Christ. Yet, Paul writes to Timothy and said, this is good and acceptable. What? Pray for all men, especially those in authority, that we might live a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Now, I think probably most of you people have read Fox's Book of Martyrs. When I was the schoolmaster in the pastor's church, I could make it required reading in Pilgrim Progress. But if you have never read Pilgrim Progress, I recommend you read it. It's documented, well documented, how people died for their faith. Last year, thousands of people died for their faith in Jesus Christ, but they died in peace. Sister Leslie, when they died, this peace in their heart, 
the next thing I'll see is my Lord, the Prince of Peace. We can die in peace. That's God's will. That's God's word. Now, in First Thessalonians, you don't have to turn there either. Christ coming, or our going to him, both of them is in that First Thessalonians chapter 4. He's going to come, the voice of uh, Archangel, the trump of God, and shout. That's not a secret, silent second coming, and then a third coming. I didn't read that in the Bible. That's just for your information. FYI, this information should not condemn us. Chapter First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14 reads like this. Now I'm going to misquote it twice. You ready? Concerning Christ's coming or our going to meet with him. Wherefore, condemn ye one another with these words. Wherefore, confuse ye one another with these words. Wherefore, comfort ye one another with these words. You don't need to know the times and the seasons. That's chapter 5. You are children of light. Walk in the light that God has given you. Just be faithful and obedient and walk in what you know, what he's shown you. That's all he requires of us to do. And then it goes on down and reads like this. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. And that's something. Comfort one another with these words. Wherefore, com comfort ye one another together. Be at peace. Edify one another. What prolonging the state of our land does not mean. Because, in Matthew 24, the entire chapter covers this. Because of global iniquity and deliberate disobedience and rebellion against God, and because of religious deception in high places and low places, I usually say from the White House to the outhouse, because of that, this is what Jesus taught, the love of many shall wax cold. Don't let it happen to you. Maintain a constant, intimate, daily fellowship and communion with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now what is it going to be like? The deception is going to be so strong. If it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. But because of the elect, the time's shortened. That's the work of a sovereign God, and we can argue about it and fuss about it, even have, get a, have a cuss fight about it. You ain't going to change it. It's ordained by God, and he works it out. Uh, turn to page or two. Are you still there? Keep your finger in Timothy, and we'll come back. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now the spirits I'm talking about what prolonging the state of our land is not. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. We could go on with that, but I'm going to go on into second chapter, I mean second Timothy. You don't have to turn there. But evil men shall wax work. No, yes. Church life is described as having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That's very clear in the Corinthians, Christ, the power of God. Now, the gospel is the power of God, but, but it's more than just a message. It's a presentation of the living Savior, Christ, the power of God. It's not the power of the Pope. It's not the power of the preacher. It's not the power of the people. It's not a powerful plan. It's not even a powerful program. It's the power of God. Of God. And that's what God uses. Let's stay faithful with that. 
Evil, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And again in Second Peter, these shall deny the Lord, and many shall follow their pernicious, lascivious, ungodly ways. Wicked men deceiving many, not might deceive a few. Many, many, many deceive. While they promise them liberty, they are servants of corruption. That's church life. All of those that I just shared with you is not the political world or the business world. It's church life as we see it. What about the world? Now, sometime a long time ago, seemed like another life. My wife th thinks I lived another life before she met me anyway, but... I was going to save us, Brother Doug, from big brother government overreach. Set out to. And that didn't work. I thought we'd, that little see, sleepy southeast Arkansas, we could kind of go underground and live. I did not give my social security number to no one but my employer. If someone wanted my social security number, I said, you going to help me pay my social security, you get it. You don't get it. That's not necessary. The Lord straightened me out. Help me listen. America is in trouble with God. The judgment of God began at the house of God in the United States of America. That trouble will touch us. We're going to be involved and hurt by some of the judgment of God on the church and on our nation. You can't deliver yourself from it. Now, you can use it. I got my cue from the Apostle Paul. They beat him, put him in the prison, pulled him out. The next morning, going to sleep him out the side door. He said, no, no, you're not going to do that. The people responsible are going to come up here and face me. I am a Roman citizen. I used that in court. I said, I am an American citizen. Two of my constitutional liberties have been violated. And the Lord blessed it. Some of you people know the story. What I'm doing is talking about not what prolonging the state of our land does not mean. Well, what about the world? The governments of the world, the whore and their harlot daughters, we ought to pray. Get them together, Lord. Get this thing together. Line it up the way you want it. Bring this thing to a head. Do you know how complicated and, and complex and advanced and militant the kings of the earth are? The ten kings make war with the Lamb. That's not back to the horse and buggy days like some of us thought when we first got to getting together at Bentley. No, this thing's advancing people. They won't be scared nor framed nor alarmed. They just make war with him. You can read it for yourself in the book of the Revelation. Now, I'm not saying we should not pray for these people. I read to you well to pray for all men. What about the religious hypocrites and leaders? Pray for them. Romans chapter 9 is a biblical word description of the sovereignty of God. So it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but God that shows mercy. Romans chapter 10, verse 1 begins like this. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer for Israel is that they may be saved. They're a bunch of self, I'm going to give it to you, my South Arkansas vernacular, they're a bunch of self-righteous church hypocrites thinking they're doing God a favor going to church once a month. What? Christ is the end of the law. What do we do? Pray for him. If you have a desire about anything happening or any person involved, if you have a desire, make it a prayer. You say, what good is it going to do? 
it does good. I read over there where there's a book nobody could open it. John wept, and he found some. They found somebody opened it. When he looked, the lion was a lamb, and the lamb opened the book, and the prayers of the saints are there. Go forward two or three chapters. There's an angel standing, fires are going. The vial is, uh, uh, it mixes what? It mixes something in that fire. It's the prayer of all the saints. Now, fellow, your eschatology don't touch that. It's the prayer of all the saints. And the angel dips in that fire and casts it down to the earth. What is happening? God's answering his little pitied, pitiful, weak children's prayer. So I encourage you to pray. You say, I don't know. The brother got into it. I don't know what to say. Pray. I don't know how to word it. Pray. Just talk to him. He understands. And the Holy Spirit will take it, unravel it, and interpret it before God according to the will of God. Not going to go on with that. Not going to go on with that. But I want to conclude with this. Praying for and influencing, even prolonging the state of our land. It's the gospel, my brother and sister. I used to be a political activist. Those of you that might know, automate a good Herodian. If you know about them, they're dangerous. My brother described me, someone said, I bet your little brother was a mean little booger. And he said, no, I don't think anybody thought of him as mean. I know he didn't think of himself as mean. What he is, is a dangerous coward. Those kind of people, if you catch them, they'll hurt you. If somebody runs from you, don't catch it. Because it's survival of the fittest then. He'll hurt you deliberately and on purpose. Or she. Some women are more violent than men. And you don't have to say amen, I know it's so. All right. What? Pray. Why? Calling God to be God. To exercise his providence and show us what he's doing. I started preaching at Bentley one time, and I said, does anybody know what God's doing? Some of them went to blinking like toad frog in a hailstorm. I said, now, we know what you're do, doing. You've been bragging about it since you got on the ground. But does anybody know what God's doing? Listen, it's in this book called the Holy Bible. What I just read to you concerning the condition of church life is recorded for our learning for our admonition that we should not be alarmed or pushed out of measure because of what's going on. Expect it. Now, I didn't say don't pray. World politics, I did not say don't pray. I read you. Pray for all men everywhere, especially for those in authority. And Paul, Paul says, pray that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Finally, brethren, I know I've shared this with you one whole Sunday morning. So pray for me that the word of God have free course and be glorified even as it is among you and that I'll be delivered from wicked and ungodly men because not all men have faith. Now, you people well taught. You know that. i got to tell this story. It's the third time it come up. If Brother Barney gets a hold of this, he'll make a big deal out of it. I'm in the veterans' health care system, and I have to get before a psychiatrist occasionally. Seven of them. <laughs> Brother Barney said, they got a bounty on your head 
Wish that one cracks is gonna get a bonus. I said, well, they can give that up. It, it takes the Holy Ghost to crack through that stick skull. But one of them asked me, no, all five, seven of them. No, one of them never did. Six of them, the first question is this, do you avoid being around people? Well, that's a trick question. And I annoyed that psychiatrist about it. I was packing my pencil on my, and that's just a habit I got. And I quit, and I said, that's what bothered you, she said, yes. <laughs> she said, what is your problem, Mr. Carter? And I said, that first question is a trick question. She said, yes, not. I said, well, I'm having a little problem trying to figure out how to answer it. Zero is no, five is extreme. She said, why are you having such a problem? I said, well, and I shouldn't have done this. I said, do you avoid being around people? She said, I know what the question is. I said, I don't know how to answer it. She said, why? I said, if you let me be around people I want to be around, I'll drive across however many states it takes to get there. But if you throw me around some people I don't want to be around, I'll avoid it. And she did her homework. She said, and you're a minister? I said, yes, ma'am, but my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ backed off in the crowd occasionally. Disappeared. Avoiding being around some people. The great apostle, the first place he preached, Damascus, the saints led him over the wall in a basket at night. Fast forward. I'm talking to the psychiatrist doctor now. Fast forward a little while at Thessalonica, the saints escorted him out of town at night. This great, bold witness for Christ that withstood droves at Mars Hill, easing out of town at night. You know what he's doing? He's avoid being around people because not everybody's got faith. I don't mind talking to him occasionally, but I'd rather talk to a man or a woman that'll listen. I can exalt Christ, edify them, sinners to be evangelized, and go on with the ministry. Oh, i got to get off of that one. That's an opener. Listen to me. As we pray, verse 4 through 6, I won't read it again. As we pray, that's what God uses. As we share the gospel message of Jesus Christ, that's what God uses. You say, well, you just said not all men have faith. His will is that we do that. Why? That's what God uses. Stadium evangelism, mass-producing Christians has never been fruitful and effective. But when the saints go with the gospel of Christ, it's not God's will that people perish, but they'd hear and come to repentance. And perhaps God would grant them repentance. That's on over in the other book to Timothy. Now, how does that work? I'm going to quit with this. As a young preacher... I met a fellow on a mission trip, and he had me come to Kansas. The name of the church was the Gerard Bible Church. The old German gentleman got up and read Titus chapter 2. Sister Joe's good to see you, lady. Milton, Milton, Milton. He just read chapter 2, Titus chapter 2 in its entirety, and he said, I have always been told I believe it to be true. If a man is called to preach, he is God's gift to the church. Brother Carter, you'll come and preach to us from this text. Well, I had the last part of it down. Pat. Far. That's a conjunction. The grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men, 
teaching us denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously in this present evil age, looking for and the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And on. There's a long, you could put two of these buildings in that one. Long, we'd ease in the back and sit down. It was a long walk up front, and I was glad. Brother Jerry Sanford, by the time I got to the front, that far connected the first part. Older men, older women, younger women, young men, the Spirit and the bride say, Come. I'm convinced before a person is saved, God puts a real Christian right in front of them. And they have to face it. This thing is real. Hypocrite preachers, hypocrite deacons, hypocrite church men and women live in hypocrisy, open rebellion against God and their family in the church. All goes away. Here's a real Christian. And the spirit and the bride say come. And I preached that. I, I almost run out of air that morning. Because I got, I got to wind it up and tell it again. Listen, I'm not saying that's the only way God works. But I am saying from the Bible, God's way of getting the grace of God before our nation is the same. The witness of the church. As we love him, worship him, and go out among a lost, doomed, dying, deserving family and friends and nation. Let, that old Deacon uh, Morgan puts it to us like this. At least you can tell somebody how good God is to you. That may be all you can say. Go from there. What I like is for somebody to say, what you know. I love for somebody to say to me, what you know good. I know one good. His name is Jesus Christ. Now the rest of us I wonder about occasionally. But not Christ. He's not just the good Lord. He's our Savior. Now, finally, I'll say the coming of Christ and the teachings of Christ and the providence of God in our life pressing us out of our comfort zone ought not to condemn us nor confuse us, but comfort us. I want to say God's working. He's working in my life, and he'll work it out. Sinner friend, bow to him. If you've never come to Christ, confessing you a sinner and receiving the salvation as his free gift, like a little child. You know, Christ set a little child in the midst of them and said to his adult followers, except you can be converted and come as this little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So come to him as an humble, tender, yielded child to a loving father. It's repentance toward God. Faith, Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Brother Lee.